Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I'm so looking forward to spending time with a few of you guys at Courageous Conversations at the end of this month. Like I've said before, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do in my business. And we have two fall workshops coming up this fall, one on September 21st in Lexington, Kentucky, and the other on October 19th in Nicholasville, Kentucky. So we already have people signing up for that one. So if you haven't, be sure to visit bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations to sign you and your spouse up. I hope you'll be joining me. Last week, we talked about strengthening friendship and marriage through building love maps. And today, we're talking about the second key to strengthening friendship and marriage, which, according to John Gottman, is cultivating fondness and admiration. So remember, cultivating fondness and admiration makes up the main level of the two-story house we used as a metaphor for building a strong marriage in episode 63. Go back and take a listen to that episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of you, I want you to imagine that you've invited a guest over into this two-story house that you've built. You and your spouse open the door, you invite them in, and your guest begins to take in their surroundings. What is it that you want your guests to feel as they enter your home? What's the atmosphere you're hoping to create? Not just aesthetically, but emotionally. How do you want them to feel in your home, in your all's presence? If your guests were to spend enough time with you and your spouse, they would likely begin to notice the quality of interaction between you. If you focused on cultivating the main level of your house by growing in fondness and admiration, then your guest will probably experience a warm and inviting atmosphere, one where you two are enjoying each other's company, you're kind to each other, respectful, and considerate. On the other hand, if you've neglected to cultivate fondness and admiration, that will be felt too. Have you ever been to someone's house where you weren't quite sure what you just walked into, but you could definitely feel the tension? Maybe the couple was critical of each other or throwing jabs at each other throughout the night. Even when couples try to mask this dynamic, it's still awkward and uncomfortable for the people around them, right? So what I'm trying to help you understand is that intentionally focusing on fondness and admiration and learning to grow in both of those areas will go such a long way in creating an environment that's warm, loving, and inviting to each other and to others. So what do fondness and mutual admiration look and feel like? Well, it looks like a couple acting lovey-dovey, sharing special glances or secret jokes, private moments. It looks like complimenting each other in public and private and being generous with words of affirmation. And these things are important to keep romance alive, certainly, but on an even more basic level, on that main level of your sound marital house, they're important for keeping friendship alive and well, too. These are basic relationship principles, right? Let's go back to middle school for a moment. If two alleged best friends tear each other down, make fun of each other, and don't have anything nice to say, we can probably bet that their friendship isn't going to last, right? Well, the same is true in marriage. But instead, here's how this unravels in a marriage relationship. A couple falls in love, they get caught up in feelings of euphoria and think that's how they'll always feel about each other, and so they take for granted the thoughts and behaviors that are actually largely contributing to how they feel about each other. 
such as expressing their love, expressing fondness and admiration, and taking time to get to know each other's inner worlds like we talked about last week. So they get married, things change, life becomes routine, and because they weren't aware of the elements that made them so great to begin with, they failed to keep those elements a priority in their marriage. And over time, if a couple isn't intentional, they fail to think of each other at all, as careers or kids or whatever begin to consume their thoughts and time. And over time, their interactions become fewer in number and in quality, which leads to negative thoughts and sentiments about each other. So remember when I talked about positive and negative sentiment override in episode 63 and how a couple's friendship determines whether they think positively or negatively about the other? Well, that's what I'm describing again here. And then eventually, negative sentiment override leads to distance, isolation, and ultimately indifference, which is where you end up hearing couples say, we've fallen out of love. We don't love each other anymore. We don't feel the same way we used to. And I know this feels very perplexing to couples because they often can't pinpoint what went wrong. But when you stop thinking loving thoughts and behaving in loving ways, of course your feelings are naturally going to follow. So this is a call to pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to your behaviors. And then choose something different, something more constructive to the health of your relationship. And I get this question a lot when I ask people to start paying attention to their thoughts, and it's, well, how do I do that? If I'm unaware of what I'm thinking, how do I then become aware? And this is a great question because our thoughts are mostly automatic. But it's only when we've brought our thoughts into our awareness that we can consciously choose to change them. So what I'd like to do is give you a little tool for becoming more aware of your thoughts so that later in the episode, we can then change them to thoughts of fondness and admiration for your spouse, okay? So I want you to think about the most recent or most memorable interaction you and your spouse have had. Are you thinking about it? Once you have that interaction in mind, notice how you feel as you think back to it. Did you feel hurt, indifferent, happy? loved, annoyed, unheard, or cared for. Whatever emotion or emotions are coming to the surface, what I want to point out is that you just recreated that emotion through the thoughts you had just now about that past interaction. Do you see that? I know I totally tricked you into it, but I want you to become conscious of the thoughts that ran through your mind just now. What judgments did you place on that interaction? What did you say to yourself about your spouse in that interaction? Were your thoughts mostly positive, negative, or neutral? So now that you've intentionally identified a few thoughts, it's time to intentionally take action, to do something with those thoughts. If your thoughts were positive, we're going to do more of that, which will only serve to reinforce that fondness and admiration you have for your partner. And if your thoughts were negative, we're going to practice thinking differently. So here are three easy exercises to grow in fondness of your spouse and in admiration for your spouse. The first is make a list of everything you admire about your husband or your wife, kind of like a gratitude list, but solely focused on your spouse. What do you admire about their physical appearance, work ethic, parenting style, personality, Christlikeness, contribution to your marriage or family? 
And listen, as you do this, even if you have a complaint or mixed feelings about a particular area, that doesn't cancel out the good. That's why we're doing this exercise, to intentionally focus on the good, which I guarantee you will be a long list if you sit with it long enough and think about your spouse, not only from your own perspective, but also thinking through how God must see him or her. The second exercise is express your feel-good feelings to your spouse. Name them out loud. Write your spouse a note. It doesn't matter as long as you express your positive sentiments to your spouse. That's what we're after. And this is so mushy-gushy, and I apologize, but because it happened in real time, I have to tell you about it. So, I was working on some notes for this episode from the kitchen table when Evan walked in and looked at me. My head was down. I was typing away. And he just goes, you are so beautiful. He didn't expect a reaction. He didn't bother me in my work. He just said what he was thinking as he walked in and kept walking. So, of course, he was already passed by the time I looked up and smiled at him because that makes a girl feel good, right? But like he's learned to do, he totally respected that I was in the middle of work, but still took the time to express fondness and admiration. And he didn't have to say anything. He could have just walked right by. But that small act meant so much and illustrated perfectly what I'm encouraging you all to do today. So Evan, as you hear this and edit this, I so appreciate you and am so thankful for you. And I'll save the rest of the mushy-gushy for later. Anyway, the third exercise is to pray for your spouse. Because I'll tell you what, it's really hard to maintain a critical stance toward your spouse when you're praying for them on a regular basis. And I don't mean praying for your spouse to change, by the way, but praying for the things they've shared with you, the things going on in their life, and that the Lord would shape both of you more into His likeness so that you guys can experience all that God intended for you as individuals and as a couple. I've done this this year. I've kept a separate prayer journal specifically for Evan in our marriage, and it's really oriented me toward him and his heart in ways that I haven't been as intentional about noticing or affirming before. So that's a great way to cultivate fondness and admiration as well. All right, friends, I hope this episode has been helpful to you, and I really hope that you act on these three action steps today or this week. So yes, your action step is to try out at least one of the exercises I mentioned, and after you do, either one or all three, what I want you to pay extra special attention to is how you feel about your spouse in contrast to how you felt about him or her before this episode. Because changing our thoughts, changing our behaviors leads to changed feelings. In my prayer for your marriage today is that you would continue, slowly but surely, day by day, to value your spouse more than yourself, and in doing so, that you would build your marriage and each other up in love. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile Hey there, Evan here. If you've enjoyed this episode, there are more ways to connect and work with Kinsey. First, would you take a moment before you go to subscribe, rate, and review the Brave Marriage Podcast on Apple Podcasts? Your feedback means so much to us.
Second, if you'd like to share your thoughts and feedback, you can do so by sending a text to the text machine at 859-221-3845. Or if you want to share openly, feel free to share this episode on social media, text it to a friend, or share in person with your friend group or small group. Finally, if you'd like to work with Kinsey through premarital or couples coaching, just visit bravemarriage.com and click on the services tab at the top. Again, that's bravemarriage.com.